0: what is up welcome back to another episode of the comic book layer podcast i think this is episode 12 i'm stoked to be here i'm kyle and we are joined by (laughs) our good buddy
1: oh what's up everybody i'm ray
0: how are you doing man oh dude just giggling over here man i'm doing great uh, it's going to be my goal from now on, is every episode, like, get you busted up right before I hit record. I know.
1: I just couldn't stop laughing, dude. Ah.
0: So we're back. We're doing the the flagship show, the book of the week show, where we do a deep dive into our chosen book. And for this week, we chose We Live. Uh, yes. But before we dive into that, man, how was your week? Did you have a good dude. one or a bad one or, you know, just a mediocre one?
1: Uh, I would say it was a mediocre one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It just was like an average week, you know, nothing crazy happened. Um, I am pretty pumped, though, that the week is over because um, I'm going to go see Batman this weekend.
0: Yes.
1: So I'm stoked. I got tickets for tomorrow night. I'm ready. I've heard
0: nothing but good things, man.
1: Me too. Yeah. Um, I was talking to one of our uh, followers. um,
0: Red Optical Core?
1: Yeah, yeah. And You were um, talking to
0: him? Oh, because he went today. Yeah, he
1: went and watched Batman. So he said it was good. So I'm stoked to check it out. I'm I'm ready, man.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see it. It's gonna take me a while, but I can't wait to hear your your uh, takeaway when you're done.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely let you know, and I won't spoil anything for you. But uh, yeah,
0: it's okay. In the last episode, I was calling, uh, I was calling <laughs> Alfred Bruce. <laughs> so Bruce will be there. He's in it. Yeah. <laughs> So you, I don't think you have to worry too much about my, you know, spoiling DC stuff for me. Uh, but um, yeah. How was your <laughs> week, man? Good. But I think we all want to know. After last week, were you able to hit up a Wednesday afternoon comic book shop? Oh,
1: I went Thursday, man. Oh, you missed yeah. it by a day. I couldn't do it. I was. I got so busy. I got tied up with work. Um, I was at work actually pretty late Wednesday, but I did go Thursday cool. afternoon.
0: I'm going to pass around a petition and we're going to get like everyone we know on Instagram to sign it. That says that we send to your work and says, let Ray out early yeah.
1: Wednesday. It should be required <laughs> that I get to leave early Wednesdays for sure.
0: <laughs> Look, he's got a podcast. He's got people waiting. They want to know that yeah. he got there. Like, come
1: on. Yeah. But I did go. Um, I got there Thursday afternoon, which was cool. Picked up a couple of cool books that I'm stoked to get into, but um Yeah. How was your week?
0: Good, dude. I mean, a pretty busy week. I got some reading in. I got to read uh, uh, Red Optical Core. I believe his name is Ross. Pretty sure. All right. And uh, he, remember last time he recommended Bylines in Blood? Yeah, yep. Yeah, well, I went and picked it up. Dude, it was so good, man. Yeah, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was very like a uh, murder mystery, but uh, it wasn't what I was expecting based off kind of the blurb. But I really enjoyed it, man. So I pre ordered two and three. Really cool. I love getting recommendations, man. I know. I'm going to have to check it out then. Yeah, that was really good. And um, what else? Oh, you know what? I read Trillium. So I put oh, out a yeah. poll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I finished that by Jeff Lemire, kind of a space odyssey sort of romance thing. Oh, man. I mean, so good.
1: (laughs) I'm not even going to say anything, dude.
0: It was really, really good. A lot of reviews kind of uh, down on the ending, but I really loved it, Uh, especially kind of knowing how Lemire kind of leaves things every once in a while. Just thought it was a great ending. Did he
1: do the the art in that as well, or was it just writing? Yeah, he did both. He did everything, huh?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That's your jam right there.
0: That's my boy. It's your buddy. Jeff. Yeah, buddy. one day I'm gonna have lunch with Jeff.
1: Wait, dude, it's gonna be our end goal to get Jeff on the show. Even <laughs> oh if my
0: it, gosh, I wouldn't even know how to interview him. I'd just be like, "Jeff's here." Even just let Jeff's him, here. Even if you would just call
1: our uh, our number on our web page and just say, <laughs> "That's right, what's up, guys?" and that would be awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you know Jeff Lemire and you want to pull a really cool prank on the comic book layer, have him go to the comic book layer website and leave us a little voicemail. That would be insane. Yeah, dude. Like if Jeff, Jeff hit us up on there and left a
1: little message, like
0: what, what would you even do? Would <laughs> <laughs> call you the second dude? I wouldn't even be able to like finish playing it. I'd be like, dude, I think Jeff Lemire left us a voicemail. <laughs> You've got to listen to this with me. That'd I'm be- not even sure I would believe it though.
1: Yeah. It ha- or how, like how to verify it. I hope like, I think it would be hilarious if like a bunch of listeners just called and just pretended to be Jeff. <laughs> we had like 10 voice and they're like, hey, this is Jeff. Just <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> Thanks for being my number one fan. Yeah, that'd be so funny, dude.
0: Oh my gosh. Now we've given everybody the ammunition right, no. to really, to really get to me. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good week. Uh, what do you say we get into some book of the week, man? Yeah, let's do it, man. We live. I'm super stoked
1: on this. And it's especially cool because um, next week they're releasing the um, the second volume or the second arc. And, Age of uh, the Palladians. Yeah, dude. So it's um, going to be really cool to, to read this and um, go right into that next week. So I'm super pumped.
0: I can't wait. It feels like it's been a long wait, but I'm excited and I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. What can you tell everybody up front about We Live? Did you have a question there first? Yeah,
1: I was going to say, when did this initially release? Do you remember? Pretty sure
0: it says in here somewhere, October 2020. 2020. All right. Man, two years. Well, not quite two years, I guess.
1: Yeah, but I mean, close enough.
0: I'm not the resident mathematician. We know this.
1: No, but um, yeah. So, We Live uh, takes place in the year 2084. And basically, at this point, Earth is is facing extinction. If It's um, crawling with all these new monsters. The humans that are still alive on Earth receive this message from deep space. They don't know who sent it, but um, it does offer them a little bit of a little glimpse of hope um 5000 kids are going to be rescued by them and so we um follow this young boy his name is Hototo and his sister Tala Tala yeah t- Tala Tala
0: is that how you say it yep exactly how i'd say it <laughs>
1: And, um, anyways, you just, um, you basically were following them and it's their journey across this dangerous land. And, uh, they're trying to get him to this rescue be- beacon before, uh, before basically the earth, um, everybody goes extinct. <laughs> we're terrible with names, dude.
0: My Gosh, it's going to get to the point where we're going to have to do some homework, man. I know I'm terrible with names. My wife was like, you know, you should really like watch a video. See how see how it's said.
1: But no, listen, I've seen other people pronounce like I, I watched a uh, a video um of Noctera and Emery. This guy oh, I yeah, love yeah, I yeah. love <laughs> the video. I can't remember what video it was, but he was calling him Amori the entire time. Imori. I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure it's Emery. I'm sure people are doing that to us though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh Touche and um we'll get them right one day.
0: Back to we live.
1: Anyways, yeah, let's get into it. Um super fun story, man. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, let's get into it. So, issue 1 kind of opens up and you see this old dude taking a good drag of a cigarette, uh just staring out the window, and you've got some some narration going on and it's just letting you know that uh he's kind of thinking about well, at first, it's letting you know what he's looking out at the window. You see, you see, um, he's looking out at some
1: unmarked graves.
0: Some unmarked graves. Yeah, two. No, of wait, them.
1: marked graves. Sorry.
0: So, some marked graves. Yep, marked graves. <laughs> Off to a solid, solid start here.
1: We're coming in hot right now.
0: <laughs> we only get better, everybody. <laughs> anyway, uh, so and he's sitting there, kind of uh, thinking about what was and what could have been, right? Kind of reimagining, it says here. You know, he's reimagining a mythical, mythological world that once might have been. So he's kind of just thinking about what the world could have been. You know, like kind of introspection, maybe a little bit. Or
1: yeah, at this point, he kind of just reminds me like he's sitting there, just like just kind of daydreaming. You know, and that's the
0: word I was looking for.
1: That's what it kind of looks like to me.
0: Yeah, and you know, some of the cool stuff around him in his room, you see. He's got a picture there of his family, so he's probably kind of looking out at you know, unfortunately some family members who have passed away. Yeah. He's got some gnarly a gnarly gun uh, and yeah. his which will end up being very famous. Do you want to call that a cowboy hat? I'm not sure.
1: Oh yeah, for sure that's a cowboy hat.
0: Yeah. And he's wearing these really cool goggles, got a I love the posture. The art in this scene sets the tone right away, don't you think? Yeah, big time. The coloring. And so you see, and when you turn the page, there's a TV on behind him. And it's kind of like a public service announcement. Uh, And it's going to kind of set the stage for all of what's going on in We Live right now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And one thing I want to point out to those who um, have read this or are going to read this, in um, certain parts of the story, they have these little um, QR Uh, codes, like right on the bottom of pages. And if you scan these QR codes, it'll take you to like, um, like a little music, um, snippet that they put together. And some yeah, of them have like a little video. Music. Yeah. Yeah. And so on the very first page you have one and you can either listen to it like in the background as you're reading or just watch it completely and stop reading, you know, whatever you guys feel comfortable doing. Um, I did a little bit of both, but it's yeah. super cool.
0: Cool music, right?
1: Yeah. It's neat, dude. It's fr- it's really cool.
0: So, yeah, on the next page, uh, you kind of see as he's sitting there and the TV's on with this public service announcement. It's kind of, you know, like I said, filling you in on what's what's going on here. Uh, And it's just saying, you know, that it's kind of just letting you know that the species, humanity, has been through a lot. And it kind of lists all these terrible things that they've gone through and have overcome. But what it's telling you right here is it's like... We're, But now we're in this really weird spot where we're not just facing a hard time. We know we're facing our extinction. You know, we've come... We, like, it's reminding them as it's letting them know that they face extinction. Like, but, you know, as a species, we've gone through so much. We've overcome all this stuff. And one of the crazy ones... That deserves a spotlight here is it says we survived the rumble war, the most severe world war brother against brother, everyone against everyone. And it says that they lost like 90% or something of that of the entire, you know, species. Yeah. 90%. But that even after that, they managed to come together and form a new world. And they built these things that they called megalopolises, and they built nine of them in these areas that uh, were still habitable in the world uh, that would still allow them to kind of, you know, live there and maintain everything. Um, But there was also these lands that kind of existed outside of the megalopolises that they called Enduros. Yeah. And it's like and it's even saying it's kind of building them up still, like like just reminding them how how good they are as a people, right? So it's like we overcame this crazy war, we built these megalopolises, and not only that, we still care for these lonely people and the Enduros. Like, so we've come a long way, we've done all this stuff, but you know, they've received a crazy message from the stars, and it's just and it's a twofold message. Or one is a message that they're going to die. Yeah. And the other is a message of hope that they're going to be rescued, like you mentioned in the overview. And the message was just, we're sending 5,000 bracelets for 5,000 kids, and they're going to more or less be able to um, continue the species in a new world, right?
1: Yeah. And, dude, they face some gnarly stuff, man. This infomercial spotlights like – I think it was in, like, 2050, they had a hostile mutation, which created, like, all these crazy creatures. And then they had, like, mm-hmm. biblical-style natural disasters, it says. And they, like, yeah. have these crazy floods and fighting these crazy creatures. The Rumble War looked cool because they have these giant mechs that are fighting <laughs> each now, other, dude. How crazy is that?
0: So, it, then it lets you know that this is the end of life on Earth. Like, you know, time's clicking ticking down. They've been given an end time. Yeah. But, you know, then it just it ends with kind of telling you, like, so if you find a bracelet, put the bracelet on and make sure that you get to one of the extraction beacons before the countdown reaches zero. So that's kind of the big infomercial kind of really sets most everything up. I mean, it also does tell you that if you live in the enduro zones, there's going to be buses from the megalopolises that will transport those who have bracelets with one companion to the beacon sites um, and just remember, it's essential to be at the extraction when it's going to happen. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be left out. Yeah. And then it just ends with a little hopeful note. It's like, we will survive as we always have sort of thing, you know?
1: Dude. And what the I, end. Yeah. What I love about this is what a cool way to like tell a ton of backstory.
0: I know. Like, I loved, I
1: loved it. it, man. It was just like, it didn't like the pace of issue one was so good. I thought. And I, I just thought it was a cool way to like give a backstory of how they got to where they're at.
0: Yeah. When you're reading this, does it remind you of anything?
1: Yeah, dude. For one, they the, the infomercial, the, the characters that they like have, they look like little Funko Pops. They do look like Funko Pops. <laughs> for one. Pops, but then for two, it gave me like a a fallout vibe, like uh, from the video cool. game.
0: I wouldn't have I wouldn't have necessarily picked it up right away, but once you mentioned it, I was like, oh my gosh, it is Fallout, man. Like,
1: all they needed, like, I mean, these little bracelets, like a little pit boy, you know, like on his arm. Yeah, like. it's
0: total vault tech, man, <laughs> like everywhere here right now. And I
1: thought it was super cool, man, because uh, I've dabbled yeah. in those games for a little bit.
0: And so um, as we continue here, as that kind of infomercial's ending, you notice that it looks like the old guy from the first page is one of the bus drivers, right? Because yeah. he's kind of walking out of his room getting into one of these buses and taking off and it's letting you know that we're now in present time, which happens to be five days to extraction day. Yep. So then you turn the page and you get this really cool um, I love this. And I love the 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 letter the lettering here. You get Hototo. This is your first time kind of meeting him. His name's Hototo, this boy. And he's uh, He's got two toys in his hands, like superheroes. One's name's Ardenox and the other one's name's, uh, uh, don't, don't even know, try man. to you want to give, give it, it a no shot? dude Sanxa si- Sanksa. yeah that's actually really uh, good dude i'm impressed <laughs> sometimes i can pull it out and he's uh chasing this lizard with this thing but he's got this wild imagination and i love the panels of how blown up it is right So each of these little toys are these gnarly superheroes uh, just attacking this huge dragon. But in real life, it's just him chasing a lizard and, you know, he's running and running and he kind of like runs into this really kind of shacky house. Right. Yeah. Like like
1: an abandoned, like pretty much like an abandoned house. What it looks like just beat up.
0: Yeah. And so when he, like he barely gets in as he's chasing this lizard and his um, sister Tala Immediately tries to get him out of there. She's just like, you know you're not supposed to be in a house. Especially like I think she says, like, you're not supposed to be in a house that's bewitched. Yeah. Uh and and, and Toto's like, but I know the guy who lives here. It's Mr. Morgan. Like, what's going on? And Tala's just like, Well, he probably moved in with his brothers. Um, you know they put black crosses out on their yards uh when somebody kind of moves away. And that's when the witches come inside. And that's when she sees the bus and they start running towards it. But my question for you here, uh, that comic book dad yeah. is, yeah. is Tala, like, as you're kind of reading this here, do you get the sense that this is truthful before you turn? Oh, well, I guess let's just say, let's just turn the page really quick. And then let me ask the question. Cause when you turn the page, yeah. you see that hidden behind kind of like a shade was Mr. Morgan and he apparently hung himself. Right.
1: Mm hmm.
0: He couldn't handle it. So do you think Tala is protecting Hototo or is – and, like, she knows he probably killed himself and that's why – or does she really believe there's some sort of, like, bewitching of a house or something?
1: No. I mean, maybe at this point, you kind of don't know, you know, how his sister is. But when you get further in the story, she's – She knows what's going on, I think, in the world. You know, I think she's old enough to understand. So, I think she's kind of more or less protecting her her little brother. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of character and just the person she is, you know, through the story. she's The love that she has for her brother is crazy.
0: Oh, man. It's heartbreaking a little later. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But I think it's issue four where he reads her letter. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, we get to read the letter. But anyway.
1: And it's cool, too, because Hototo, he's such into superheroes. Like, dude, look at him. He has like this cool helmet on. He has a cape and like a tail. Like he made his own little costume. Like he's his own superhero. It's pretty cool.
0: I love it. And so then you kind of see that they ran towards the bus because they are they live in the enduro zones, right? They're not yeah. in a megalopolis. So yep. they've got to catch a bus to one of the beacon sites because Hototo has a bracelet. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that already, but. And his one companion is his sister Tala, and so they're running. They get on the bus, and um, they're sitting on the bus. And Hototo, oh, uh, forever, the kid brought the little lizard with him. And so him and Tala kind of have an argument about this lizard. And she's, you know, he's promising that he can take care of the thing. And she's like, I yeah. no, can That's not even the point, anyway. Um, did you think this this little bit here was funny? Where he's kind of like trying to tell her, like, look, it's not even a poisonous yeah, it's lizard. It's not poisonous.
1: See. This one had blue circles.
0: So cool. I love it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been that that brave as a kid though to like pick up a lizard, but credit to Hototo. Dude,
1: yeah, he loves that thing. And it's a crazy looking lizard. It's not a normal looking lizard. And if you remember like in the beginning when they had that mutation in 2050, this is like a mutated looking lizard.
0: Yeah, definitely the colors and for sure. And so then you see on the next page, uh, Simon, the old man, is named Simon. He's picking up all the Enduros that can fill this. It's a huge bus, man. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing. And there's a lot of people here. And so kind of you get a glimpse of kind of the people filing into the bus. Uh, and this is where we get to meet Humbo and his, compa- his companion named Alice. And when you first see Alice, what's, what's your thoughts, man? You're just like, what is, uh, what is it? (laughs) Well, that's even what the old guy says. Yeah. He says, dang, if I've seen somebody as big as you and dang again, if I know what you are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Alice is huge. Super cool. Humbo is cool. You even kind of see Humbo has like a, um, he has like a mechanical arm. Like his right arm is like a mechanical arm. And then his, his left arm has the bracelet.
0: One of the things I love about Humbo, even here early on, like that first panel, the first time you see his face, dude, he is so happy-go-lucky. Dude,
1: he is one of the happiest, like, yes, happiest, most, like, upbeat person there Uh is, for sure. For the world to be ending, he just doesn't seem to to mind and um, is just super cool. Yeah.
0: So here comes Humbo and Alice onto the bus, and like it's hard to really paint the picture of words here, but Alice is easily like like five to six feet bigger than anyone else around, and you know Alice is walking through the bus and stops and kind of bends down to Hototo, just looking at Hototo right in the eyes, and you know Hototo is freaked out, and so he tries to offer Alice. The lizard <laughs> as kind of almost like a peace offering, I'm imagining, or yeah, something. Yeah. And he just looks at Tala like, What the heck is that thing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's funny because Humbo must have heard him and he, he's he's just like, Hey, that's Alice, and I'm Humbo, you know, like uh-huh. super friendly and um just such a good dude. Yeah.
0: So then you turn the page and they're still traveling. They're You know, they're going through just some great artwork here of the city at night. Yeah, the artwork is,
1: artwork is great throughout this whole series.
0: Uh, and then they get to a gas station and they're, and they're filling up. I'd imagine the bus with some gas and maybe getting a bite to eat at this cafe. So he's asking the attendant there maybe like, how's the road? You know, we've got a little, we're trying to get to the train station. And the dude just says, you should be all right, you know it gets a little bit rougher further on, but you know, you should, you should be able to handle it.
1: He does mention to watch out for that nasty storm. Yeah.
0: You know, right, right here, you kind of, while they're all kind of milling about getting to know each other, we get to meet a new character, uh, named Taito, who is a little girl who also has a bracelet on the, on the bus on the way to, a what do they call him again? A beacon. Yeah. The beacon. And, um, I love this interaction here between Taito and Hototo where, you know, she asks him like, why are you wearing those clothes? The ones that you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. He's like, and he just literally says, because I'm going to be a superhero. Yeah, dude. He still has that, like that just childlike
1: faith almost where he just is, you know, gonna, he can think and dream about whatever he wants to be still, you know, it's super cool.
0: And you get a, a little thing here Uh, Because, you know, Tala's not going to get to leave. She doesn't have a bracelet, but she's the companion for Hototo to make sure he gets to the beacon safely. And so Humbo, who does have a bracelet, kind of trying to be nice to her, says like, you know, when I leave, I'm going to tell Alice to watch out after you because, you know, she's really big and strong. Yeah. And, you know, just this sad little thing that she says here is like, no one will be able to protect me. It's going to be the end. Yeah. Uh, What's Alice going to do for me when, you know, the end of the world yeah but you turn the page and right off panel you just get this ah like something terrible is happening and in the car for some reason i just want to yell at them why did you even get in this beater uh hototo and, and taito are being attacked by molders what can you tell us kind of about molders and what's going on here
1: I mean, for one, I think maybe they went in there for, for safety. Maybe they were still out playing, you know, and when the molders rolled up, they jumped in that old uh, abandoned yeah. car to, to try to find some safety. But these molders are just some crazy looking creatures. They almost look yeah. like,
0: I don't know, like
1: half zombie. And how would you explain it? Like,
0: yeah. I mean, like half zombie, half swamp thing.
1: Yeah. Swamp thing. Yep. Perfect. Perfect.
0: So my question for you right off, right off, coming off of doing Noctera, Mm-hmm. and I, I just want to know straight up, like, what do you think about molders as kind of this, like what the virus has created and shades, do you see a comparison? Do you think one's cooler than the other one or one a little more scary than the other one? Um, I think shades are a little more violent.
1: Yeah. A little crazier. Like if I was in, if I could choose to be in any one of these worlds, uh, I don't think I'd want to mess with shades at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, man. And at least you get the sun every once in a while here. You know? Um,
1: But yeah, these are like, I mean, you hit it perfectly. It looks like a a zombie swamp thing. Like, you know, it looks like it doesn't move very fast and it's just kind of like walking around looking to swoop people up and eat them.
0: Yeah, and so one of them reaches into the car, kind of grabs Hototo by the shirt and is yanking it out. But right then, you just hear, blam, blam, blam. And old man to the rescue, dude, pops these guys straight in the head. Apparently, he's a sharpshooter. Dude,
1: Simon is the man, dude. He just seems like a dude who's been around for a while, and he knows how to handle his own, and he knows how to handle the train and everything, dude. He's the man.
0: Yeah. And uh, so finally, you know, they get him out of the car. And something, something happened, man. What happened here?
1: Yeah, dude. Um, The little girl that we just met, um, she ended up getting like, uh, I want to say scratched. It doesn't look like a bite mark, does it?
0: Uh, I think you scratched
1: it. Yeah. yeah, she gets scratched on the arm and um, her uncle that's with him, the com- he's her companion. He, he just has a devastating look on his face. Like, he knows something bad is going to happen. Uh-huh. And um, Simon's just like, everybody on the bus, you know, and he kind of wraps this little girl and like kind of takes her off to the side.
0: And so they get her, get her in what I was assuming at the first time is like some sort of vacant restroom or something, but it's just some room. We're not really sure. And they wrap her in a blanket. And man, if Tato isn't already changing into a molder.
1: Yeah. Pretty quick.
0: This thing happens quick. Now, like, you know, with being bitten by a shade, you got some time. Yeah. Here it looks like there's no sort of
1: solution. Yeah, no, it's minutes for sure.
0: And so, man, one of the more aggressive kind of openings here—they have to shoot Tato right away. Yep, they just have to to get rid of her.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a weird way to put it, but
1: I mean it is. I, I, but
0: of the of the Moulder version of Tato, right, right.
1: And he even says here, like, there's a guy that um kind of goes with Simon, and he's like, man, this is going to be the first time like I shoot a child, and Simon's like, nah, this ain't a child anymore, you know, like give me the yeah, gun, that's
0: right.
1: and um already she turns full. Moulder right here, and um, Simon, you know, Simon has to shoot her,
0: so that was rough, man, right? Yeah, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, this world isn't because it's so bright and pretty, but it's filled with devastating,
1: yeah, there's like death lurking around every corner in this world.
0: And as you turn the page, you get a, a quick little thing where Simon's just reminding you, and this world, this world is no longer our world, yeah, you know, yeah. And apparently, you know, on their as they're continuing their drive, they were hit by this storm that that dude was Uh, mentioning—some sort of electrical storm. Really cool art, but man, it takes them right off a ledge.
1: Yeah, it's not like a typical sort of powerful
0: storm. Not a typical
1: storm you see in our times. It's some gnarly storm, that's for sure.
0: And so that bus fell off the cliff. Luckily, it seems like most everybody's all right. But uh, Simon's letting them know. You know, they're 48 hours away from um, the beacon that they're trying to get to, um, you know, Mother 9. And, you know, it's a 24-hour walking trip, so they need to get moving. Luckily, yeah. you know, there's going to be enough time, but they need to get a move on. And so as they're all kind of gathering up their stuff to to start walking on the way to Mother 9, you see poor Hototo here and his cool little uh, fox mask or whatever you'd call it is He thinks it's broken. yeah. Uh, but Humbo, just Humbo, man. I love this kid. He's a smart dude. Smart dude, man. And so he just tells, he tells Hototo, he's like, hey, man, just give me the helmet. Trust me. With any luck, you're going to totally lose your mind. Yeah. You know, he says, that's a Marshall Supercat 2000 from the Rumble Wars.
1: <laughs> I love how they have these cool little names, dude. And it goes back mm-hmm. to reminds me of like of something you would see in Fallout. Yeah. You know, dude, that's a Supercat 2000.
0: Yeah. And he's like, man, I said it's from the Rumble Wars, but he mentions it's from before the war. And so he does a little tweaking and he tells Hototo to try it. And this is so cool, man. Yeah. So Hototo puts it on and he, it's, it's, uh, he gets into this, what it calls the Marshall Super Cat 2000. Well, that's the name of the mask. And then it's scanning the environment, and he's in a samurai panda mode. Yeah. Where it turns everybody he's look he's looking at into a samurai panda.
1: Dude, everything. And he
0: loses his mind, right? Yeah,
1: even the background, and then, like, everybody has a panda head. It's so funny, man.
0: And I love it, because he's just looking out, and he got Simon. Okay, you know, we all got to leave. And then that panel right there, <laughs> where it shows Simon as a panda.
1: With his goggles on. <laughs> and he's... <laughs> He's got his cowboy hat and his pink rifle.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love it so much, man.
1: Yeah, it's pretty funny.
0: And so they're walking through the land, and Simon tells them, you know, these are called the broken lands. And these this is the realm of the wild beasts. Uh, you know, they don't want us here, so we need to be quick. And if you see anything, don't panic. Just tell me, and I'm going to take care of it, you know? Yeah. And so they're continuing to walk, and man, you know, Hototo asks Tala, like, what happened to Tato?" And it's just, you know, Tala's trying to be a mom still, and she's just, you know, trying to... Protect how him. How exactly? Yeah, protect him. Pretty much, yeah. For. Yeah. And so as they're going, you kind of see this really gnarly rig, and Simon looks up, and man, what do you see chilling in that open door there? What's he got in his mouth? Dude, you see this, like, gnarly
1: version of a lion? And he it has like so the cool. craziest mane, like it's almost like a lion and like a flamingo or not a flamingo, like, like a, a um,
0: uh, what it looks
1: like? Peacock. peacock. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. I don't know where I got flamingo, but yeah. Peacock mixed together. And he looks like he has a dead body in his mouth. <laughs> I don't know where I got flamingo, bro. Some type of bird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm dying. I'm dying over the flamingo thing. Uh Oh, man. And so uh, it looks like for the most part here, you know, Simon's a little early on here. Simon's a little freaked out, <laughs> but he f- I think he feels like maybe he's going to be able to, you know, stay calm. Yeah. So you turn the page uh, and the first thing you're greeted to is that how Toto changes the mode on his helmet robot land to the to the robot land mode and dude he just absolutely like flips his lid because it turns everything into a cityscape yeah like you're in tokyo or something you know what i mean yeah it
1: does look cool and
0: and now not they're not pandas anymore but they're like these you know cyborg sort of things you know everybody
1: and simon still has his hat on
0: but one of the things that's crazy to me is that you know how it changes all the people that he sees into to like the pandas or the cyborgs. Yeah. Well, in this panel, it doesn't. It's like not capable of changing because mm. he's like, "Oh, what's that strange thing over there?" But it's just this black,
1: yeah, blob, kind of empty space. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that is weird. Yeah, I don't
1: know. That is weird.
0: Yeah, and Simon's just like, oh, no, everybody play dead. Yeah. Because right in front of him is a Bengal Ripper, which is one of those lion peacocks or flamingos. Yeah, lion Whichever flamingo. one you want to go with. <laughs> 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 and he, you know, seems like, I don't know, he seems like a really brave dude, man. Like, he's just, like, I'll, I'll take care of this.
1: Yeah. And then... Y- y- you, Go ahead. You can just tell that he's passionate about like getting these people to these rescue beacons. Like he's done it before, and that's his like, you know. You look back, and he he obviously lost his. I think in that picture was his like wife and yeah. child. So he wants to get these people to these rescue beacons, you know.
0: Yep. So you turn the page, and then you're taken to the past. Yeah, like- and you see Tala in in a house talking to her mom, who's passing away, and this is a. I thought a really cool kind of uh heartfelt scene between her and her ma. You know, one of the th- the big takeaways here is that the mom just is really proud of her because it turns out Tala found the bracelet.
1: Yeah, she should technically be the one that gets to go up in the rescue yeah. beacon, but she but she's such an awesome kid, dude. Yeah. She
0: gave it to Hototo. Yep. Like that blows my mind.
1: Yeah, dude. So cool.
0: That love. And um you know, the mom just asks her to take care of Hototo and, you know, telling her she's sorry that she's going to have to go through this. But one of the things here is that that the mom says to Tala that I think is important is that she says, feed his fantasy mm. until the last second. Promise me you will. Yeah, And she says, I promise, mom. And so you turn the page and you see it's Tala and Hototo. And this is when you find out Tala created this superhero costume for Hototo and came up with like all these really cool superpowers for him just to feed this fantasy because he's, he's such a, just a little boy wants to be a superhero. I mean, what little boy doesn't want to be so she's feeding it, you know, she's playing into it. She like, she's getting annoyed, (laughs) but she's just like, you know, wants to love on him. Wants to hold the promise to her mom. She wants to hold up. What's the word I'm looking for? She wants to be honor the promise yeah. that she made to her mom.
1: And it's pretty cool. Like, you look at the little pictures she drew of this suit she makes. It's like he has a flying cape, a fist of power, a super transformer, and it's pointing to his, his bracelet, like a power symbol to his chest. He has laser beam mm-hmm. eyes. And yep. um, it, it's pretty cool. I love cool. that he's
0: he's so excited about the uh, power fist. Yeah. And so one of the things I thought was really cool is that she starts explaining to him the symbol that she put on the front of the chest of the uniform and and I think the best way to kind of get this is if I unfortunately do read it so bear with me here. But he's just like, "Tell me about the symbol again." And she says, "Okay, the big outside circle here is you. Though you are now small, once you turn into a superhero, you'll be big and strong and you will protect us all and will will never feel fear." The middle circle is me. I'll always be inside you wherever you go. So you can talk to me even when you can't see me. And the smallest circle here is for mom and dad because they are our heart and will always tell us what is right and wrong if we ask them always. Like this kid is awesome. Yeah. Tala is awesome.
1: Heck yeah, dude. She's such a good big sister and just you can just see how much she like cares for her little bro. Pretty cool, man, that she's taken over like. I mean, her parents, obviously, th- it shows in one of these panels, two crosses out yeah. front. So, both of her parents mm-hmm. are dead. So, she basically becomes, you know, mom to Hototo, you know, the caregiver. Yeah. So, super cool.
0: So, you turn the page and it's the last page of the issue and it's just um, letting you know they've got some, they've got some terrain they need to cover before they get to their destination, you know?
1: Yeah. And there's another little QR code to play
0: another little song hmm So what do you think, issue one, man?
1: Gosh, dude. When I, fr- I remember when I first read this, like, this just was incredible, dude. I love the art. The art's so good. And um, you immediately can just get attached to these characters. Like, Simon, I already love this dude. I'm like, dude, this guy's awesome. He's such a – like, you can just tell, like, that's what he wants to do, man. Like, he has a job to do, and this could be his last – this could be his last bust of people because there he got just a couple hours of – or a couple days, I think at this point before extinction hits, this might be his last busload of people that he's taken out and he wants to get them all there safely. And um,
0: yeah, he even mentioned that at the cafe to that dude, like this might be our last one,
1: but um, yeah, I just got attached to all the characters, man. They were so good. The pace to issue one was so good. Love it.
0: Me too, man. Um, They're really quick. At the very end of this issue, there's like a little infographic that says, don't be like Bobby's dad. And uh, it's just a, it's just to let you know, like, I won't go into it. If you read it, if you have the issue, make sure you look at it. But it's just to let you know, like, once you put on a bracelet, it kind of like attaches to that person and you can't really remove it. Like, if you remove it and try to put it on to somebody, it's not going to work.
1: Yeah, it anymore. doesn't work.
0: So that's kind of what that's all about. But I think that was kind of an important thing early on to know. Mine did, my trade doesn't, because I have
1: the trade. And so it doesn't have that until the end of the trade. So I didn't see that. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, man, I just, the first, I I didn't know what to expect when I first got into this and I read that issue and I was like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, I was, dude.
0: This is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's great. Let's jump into issue two, yeah? All right, so issue two opens up pretty much um, right where um, Simon was like, hey, I got this and um, he's he's face to face with this. um,
0: Bengal ripper. Yeah,
1: this ripper. He's kinda talking to it. He's like, you know, we're not supposed to be here and we're not a threat. And he turns on like this, um he has this big backpack on, dude, and he turns this thing on that pretty much makes him look like a look like a peacock. He has all these like mm-hmm. lights around him. Are
0: you sure it's not a flamingo? Dude, it's a peacock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um they kind of like just start spinning like crazy and it um it kind of just looks like it calms this Bangle Reaper down, you know.
0: Do you think that thing's spinning or is it just stationary? Yeah, I I think it's
1: spinning. Yeah, that the bottom panel you can kind of see that backpack opens up and it looks like it's moving. Yeah, and yeah, he just kind of calms it down and tells them like, "Hey, we're 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 just walking through and we're going to be on our way." And And it um,
0: seems like it's working. Oh
1: yeah, it's backing down and it looks like they're going to move on. You're like, cool. He he did it. He knows what he's doing. He's been here before. Great. And you turn, you turn the page and the next panel is that same dude who had the revolver when they went with the little girl who turned into a molder. He, dude, shoots this thing right in the head. Blam. And he's like, problem solved. He's like, you know, like you can tell he's like super proud of himself. Like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. You know, Saved the day. And Simon is pissed. His face. He's just like, dude, what did you do? He punches this dude. He's so mad.
0: He does, right in the face. Yeah,
1: dude. And the art's super cool. Like, you can just tell how mad Simon is. And then right here, he he explains why. And um, once you kill a bangled... uh, uh, Bangled Ripper. Bangled Ripper, he's like, you pretty much sign their their death note because it will um, alert all of the other ones in the area and they cover a ton of territory.
0: Yeah, he says that their blood is vengeful and that once it's spilled, it's airborne and other Bengal rippers who travel in huge packs, by the way, can smell this from over a hundred miles away.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of those things look gnarly. Can you imagine a pack just no. hunting you down? No. And so now, and he, and- uh, yeah, dude, the, you, you after Simon explains it to this dude, like the look on this guy's face is like... <laughs>
0: Miranda yeah. just kills the the expressions on faces. Yeah, man.
1: and it, it's crazy, too, because he's like, yeah, you feel so good about yourself. You killed one, but can you kill 30? Because, you yeah. know, like.
0: Even if you had 30 bullets, you couldn't kill yeah, 30, like, he you,
1: Yeah, and you don't even have 30, but you couldn't do but it I've anyways, been. dude. And so Simon, at this point now, he went from being mad to like, you look at Simon and he's like, dude, we're done. Like, they're, yeah. I don't even know if we're well, going to make it now.
0: Yeah, because one of the crazy things is is that the blood is on them. Not only is it airborne, but Simon's telling him like we are contaminated. You can't just wash this stuff off, like it's stuck. Yeah, like we got to get the heck out of here. You know, we're,
1: yeah, we're done. Yeah, and you going back to when he shot him. So he shot him once, and he, this thing falls down, and he shoots it like three or four more times. So I'm sure blood just went everywhere on all. Yeah, it's all,
0: all over. All. It's all over Simon's beard.
1: Yeah, Simon's like, dude, they're gonna hunt us down like cattle, but. I kind of know maybe a shortcut that we can try to cut some time off to try to to try to make it, basically.
0: One of the cool things, I think, is they're sitting here kind of looking at, you know, once they've decided there's, you know, that Simon says that there's another way they can go that's going to cut off some time. Well, not cut off time. It's going to be a little longer. Yeah, but actually, they yeah, should still make right. it in time. Yeah. They're sitting there with that dead... Uh, bengal ripper i don't know if it's bengal or bengal but i'm gonna keep saying bengal but one of the fascinating things to me is that hototo's helmet has turned that thing into a a teddy bear like as he's looking at it, all he sees is like a little teddy bear sitting on the ground Mm, yeah interesting right that is crazy yeah But, and Alice is kind of sitting over there examining the the Bengal Ripper. um, And then he just got Simon yelling at him, all right, let's go. We don't have time to waste now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, nothing.
1: Yeah, let's get moving, he says. And so, um, you turn the page and it's them walking through like, um, almost like a really shallow lake, it looks like. looks like maybe it was flooded. I'd love to visit this. Yeah, dude, it's super cool. The water's like crystal clear. You have another QR code you can scan for this um, song called The Traveling. And, um, they're all kind of just cruising and Hototo and, uh, Tala, they're kind of falling behind. Uh, Hototo is getting tired. You know, they're trying to make up time because like you mentioned, even though this route, I think puts a little bit of like 20 more miles or something like that. Yeah. 20 miles off, but, um, hopefully we'll get these, um, creatures off their tail as they're walking. Dude, we get to meet this other cool creature, dude, that pops out of the water, man. What do you think of this thing?
0: Dude, it's so cool. And it comes right as Hototo sitting there hugging Tala, just saying he's so scared because Simon said we're all going to die. Yeah. And then right then, just pop, comes out this gnarly, uh what's the, it's, it's Call it? It's called the water Yeah, dragon. water dragon, yeah. And I guess they're pretty rare, but... I think it's fascinating that it doesn't seem as aggressive as the Bengal Rippers, right? It kind of just goes away.
1: Yeah. He kind of just seems like he's just curious of them walking through this area. It looks like it's like a half, I don't know, wolf or something and half like old school like Asian dragon, like the real long ones.
0: Yeah. Did you ever see uh, Raya or Raya on the last dragon? Mm, Yeah. It looks a little like the dragons in that movie.
1: Yeah. Or like uh, Shang-Chi at the end yeah yeah
0: yeah that's right
1: and so she's like hototo are you seeing this and Hototo's just like he's stunned dude he doesn't know what to do but simon you know comes back and he kind of calms him down he's like dude that's a rare thing you know like what's going on back here because they're way behind so simon kind of comes back to see you know how they are and he can tell they're scared he's kind of comforting comforting hototo right here you know and he's, yeah, just he's, like, just hey, like, he's you,
0: like, look, I'm just a crazy old man. Yeah. I say things, you know, I'm old. Give yeah. me a break.
1: And he's like, you know, we just got to keep walking and we're going to be okay. So, they keep yeah. cruising and um, they roll up to these like, just looks like a bunch of weeds. But Simon is stoked. So stoked. and um,
0: Bloody hell. he <laughs> Yeah,
1: because I guess these weeds, they're called uh, jade algae. And he's mm-hmm. like, he just runs up and everybody's kind of looking at him and he's like, just let him embrace you. And he's like getting tangled up. Like they kind of like wrap themselves around, uh, <laughs> around his body and you find out they, they feed on, um, your dead skin cells or your dead cells. And, um, it basically is their lucky ticket cause it could work to get the scent off of them from these, um, bangled reapers or rippers. Yeah. And so Simon's like, come on, everybody get in here. You know, they won't be able to track us anymore if, uh, if we do this. And so oh. this offers a little bit of a hope. You know, you're like, sweet, dude, they're going to make it. You're all stoked. You turn the page. Oh, gosh. Oh. When you turn, did you expect this to happen?
0: No. Because
1: Simon is such a cool character and you get this huge double page. Just, ugh, I don't even want to ruin it for people.
0: No, you got to.
1: So basically, this jade algae didn't do what it's supposed to do. And, um, or unless. didn't have time. Yeah. Didn't have time. Unless these things were already on them, you know. And um, this huge freaking bangled ripper dude just jumps out and pretty much bites Simon's head off. Rips his head clean off.
0: Pops his head clean off, man. Oh, dude, I was devastated, man. So like, was I,
1: dude, because I love One of the Simon. first
0: character I know that I just really latched onto. He seemed like such a cool dude. He was so competent. He was so good. I felt like, man, this is who they need. He's so good with a gun. Uh he's confident, calm, cool, collected. You know, he obviously knew the world like inside and oh, out. Yeah, like who big else time. would even notice what Jade Algy is? Yeah. And, oh,
1: man. Yeah, so definitely was a heartbreaker at this point. Like, you know, early on, one of my favorite characters just gone. But um and not in a not in a nice way. No, dude, like gosh, man. So crazy. But you see them all now, they're surrounded by a ton of these things. So you're like, great. They're done. Like there's no way they're going to survive. Especially since now the leader of the group, the most like experienced one yeah. is dead. And um but dude, this is where you get to see who Alice really is, which is super so cool, man. Cool. I do like how I, – I don't know if this is mean, but the dude who originally shot the first one, you know, he's like trying to shoot him and then he just gets ripped to shreds.
0: He gets his arms ripped straight off. He deserved it, man. He deserved it.
1: Yeah, he's the one there in that predicament in the first place.
0: Dude, really cool that page of eight panels of just those Bengal rippers going to town.
1: Yeah, and – Uh, One thing that I guess is pretty... I didn't even realize this or think about it until now. They basically kill everybody besides four. At least you think. Yeah. Yeah, And it was a pretty pretty, big group. Yeah. And so, they they kill everybody besides um, Humbo and Alice and Tala and Hototo. And yeah, explain to everybody Alice here because you get to see who Alice really is.
0: It looks like... You know, how the Bengal Rippers look like a mutated lion. This is like a mutated uh, silverback man yeah. or something. Yeah. Just a gnarly gorilla. Uh, huge. with, And it just goes, the town starts walloping the Bengal Rippers. Yeah. Uh, and it's so interesting, right? Like here this, this animal is that's mutated who's defending a human?
1: Yeah. And yeah, befriended Humbo. Like Humbo yeah. and Alice, they've seemed pretty dang close, you know, and – here here Alice is. she takes her helmet off and dude just goes off on these things man and then she swoops up the um the kids Humbo and Tala and Hototo and um cuz obviously there's like I mean Simon mentioned 30 of them so she she can't fight them all so she she does her best grabs yeah. them off, and then she she books it out of there
0: yeah creates enough space to get a, get them out of, safely yeah
1: and so you turn the page and they're off. Um, they're safe now and they're like, it's nighttime and they're like sitting on this big uh, pile of bones. Looks like it could have been an old, like dead whale or something like that.
0: Dude, you know what's so funny to me? This <laughs> is another thing that I didn't even, like, I just didn't take the time to look at the top panel. Yeah. I like immediately went to Alice. Yeah. But yeah. now that you mention it and I'm looking at this, you're like, oh my God. Yes, that's a huge whale bone.
1: Almost like a like or a, a mutated whale skeleton, you know?
0: Yeah, it's not a 100%, but something's going on there. Yeah. And I like kind of how Tala asks Sambo, like, so Alice isn't, like, fully savage, and he just says a part of her isn't anymore, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, and you see Alice, and so she looks like, uh, like you mentioned, like a gorilla, but then she has, like, these wings on her back, too.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: super cool. One thing to mention that um, is cool to go back to and I didn't notice this until after I read it a couple times but in the back of the tray there's like a map of the land Mm -hmm. and then it kind of shows icons and um, of like territories that and what they're controlled you know like where these creatures are and you find out that Alice is basically a winged butcher is what they call them. And um, so I don't know if she can fly or not but She's super cool, man. You see that? The the map?
0: Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool to reference. It's weird. It's in the first issue. So, I didn't really focus on it. But, yeah, it's not in my second issue. Yeah. But I do go out of here.
1: Pretty neat, though. Tala's now having this conversation with Humbo as uh, Hototo's just kind of like laying there. looks like he might be falling asleep. Yeah, Alice isn't savage anymore, you know? she's uh, She used to be – She's. Built this relationship with uh, Humbo. We don't know how yet, but um, you can tell they're they're buddies for sure. And he they're BFFs. They're BFFs, man. And then he goes on to explain to her how he kind of communicates with her, and he communicates with her through like uh, colors and lights that he has.
0: And that would explain why he's carrying like a stop sign with him everywhere he goes. Yeah, just like <laughs> like when he first walked into the bus in issue one, you're like, what is that thing? Yeah, so that like a staff
1: or something
0: mm-hmm, yeah. with like a three lights on it.
1: Yeah. Um, and then anyways, you, um, next page, they, um, you get them kind of waking up in the morning and, um, (laughs) it's kind of hilarious, dude. I love it. Like Tala and, um, Hototo, they get woken up by this giant mech. And, um, it's one of the ones from the rumble war that we've seen like in the very first issue. And it's like, give me all your money, you filthy animals. And they're like, what is going on? And um, the helmet of the mech opens up and uh, it's just Humbo, dude, just busting up laughing. He's like, you should see your faces. (laughs) I guess they don't have enough to worry about, you know, like we're stranded. Yeah, we're stranded. Everybody just got massacred and you're over here messing around. I know. But um, he did find this cool mech. um, He calls it a hopper he's like a tinkerer man he knows how to he knows how to fix things he's really good with his hands and so he turns it on and um he's like hey this can show us the route to the station so you're like sweet this thing is rad so now you got Alice who's a beast and now you got hototo and this cool hopper so now that gives them you know a little bit of a better chance to survive to make it to this train station and then um hototo though he doesn't know what it is he's like what's a hopper so um Humbo has to kind of explain to him what these uh what these are they're from the uh the rumble war he's like they can do all kinds of cool stuff check this out he's he, i can just imagine he's just like pushing buttons in there he doesn't know how I to know. operate he's just like look, watch this you know and pushing all these buttons to see what it can do and this thing just takes off he he, he, he like a rock yeah dude he just takes off into the sky and they don't know where he went just gone. Nope. And so, they're kind of freaking out. You can tell Alice is, like, worried.
0: Alice is super freaked yeah, out. Yeah,
1: she's like, great. There goes my buddy. He just <laughs> pushed a random button and it just zipped out of there, dude. And so, they start walking through this um thick forest and they're, you know, looking for um Humbo. And Alice, um, she smells oh. something. Yeah. So, she's like, okay, I smell him. And you can tell her connection with Humbo is... She- strong because she dips she just starts running towards where she thinks he is and kind of leaves uh hototo and tala behind right and at Mm -hmm. the same time as she leaves they're like alice wait and you see this uh crazy creature in the background that's right behind um hototo and uh tala and they
0: looks like a mold. yeah
1: you can kind of see like the outline of it and uh, tala's like you know what's that you know and um, turn the page. You find Alice finally catches up to where um, Humbo is. He's hilarious, dude. He's like, dude. A,
0: he's like <laughs> elated, man. Yeah, he's like, it's like there were clouds, Alice. Clouds. It's so
1: funny because like he's still just the happy-go-lucky. Like he just crash-landed this hopper, and he's like, dude, I got to see some clouds, man. Like he's such a funny character, dude. But then he immediately asks, too, you know, hey, where's where's Tall and Hototo? Not good for them, dude. It's not going to be good because they go back looking for him. All they find is Hototo's uh, tail from his costume just sitting on the ground.
0: With some some green slime all over it. Yep. And even
1: um, he mentions right here, he he knows it was Moulders, And um, that's not Mm -hmm. good. If Moulders get a hold of you, you, we already seen what happened to that other girl, you know. And then this next um, page is really cool, I think, because now you get – it goes back into a little bit of a flashback and you can get to see – um how alice and um humbo came to meet and how their relationship kind of grew because in the beginning when they first met you get um humbo and um, he looks like he's really young at the time playing with some toys and i'm assuming this is his dad over here and this is where you can kind of see where he gets that like mechanically inclined tinkering capabilities because his dad is over here like building these like mechs it looks like or these
0: like robots
1: you know like yeah, working yeah. in a lab here comes alice when she was straight full savage just bust through the door and
0: well, i think this must have been alice's dad
1: oh the little yeah, alice yeah yeah no you're right yeah you're right alice's dad or mom yeah absolutely right and um she's gonna attack um humbo right so humbo like stick his sticks his arm out and uh, she swipes it, rips his arm clean off. But at the same time, dad dad shoots mom or dad. I don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. And so, you get a scene, pretty crazy panel of uh, Humbo there and his arms just laying on the ground. But then you get um, Alice is laying, you know, basically crawling on the top of his parent right there. And then um, you f- flip the page and you kind of get, um, this looks like maybe, I don't know. Six, seven years down the road with um, Humbo and Alice. And um, Humbo's getting picked on by this group of people. And you can see he has a fake mechanical arm. And um, as he's getting picked on, dude, here comes Alice, like, right behind him. Just scares off all these kids. And so, you can tell they've, like, grown to love each other from that. I love
0: that final panel. Yeah,
1: it's pretty cool because from that crazy tragedy, you know, of Alice's Mm -hmm. parents getting shot and his arm getting ripped off. Like, they just bonded together from that point at the the very last panel before this issue ends it's um him sitting in the field and he's showing her his his lights that he has and it says always together and yeah. um super cool you can see alice's wings like are flared up and uh pretty cool yeah, panel. So her
0: lights and his lights they're both saying always together yeah which i think is really cool that they figured out how to talk with to each other with those lights yeah so.
1: dude super neat man so as we end uh, issue two, um, what are your thoughts on it, man? What's uh, What are you thinking? Devastating, number one, uh-huh. uh,
0: to see Simon go. Yeah. Uh, scary, what the heck's going on with Tala and Hototo? Where'd they go? Yeah. Uh, I continue to love Humbo. Uh, really cool to see his relationship with Alice to kind of find out more about them and what's going on. Yeah, man, I loved issue two, C- you know, picked up. Right where one left off, continued that pace. Uh, Loved it. Couldn't wait to get into three, man. What about you?
1: Yeah, no, same thing. I love the pacing. And again, like I'm just so attached to the characters. I was really bummed to see Simon gone so early. Super bummed. But yeah, the characters are just so good. And you can just, I don't know if I've got attached to characters like this quick before in in, in any other comic. You know, what what about you?
0: No, I agree, man.
1: But um yeah no super cool man I loved it so far
0: Yeah me too So that gets us to 3 and in 3 we open up on a flashback or a, a bit of the past and we see uh we're at a uh a medicine like a, like a hospital maybe Yeah and this dude sitting there in an auditorium kind of lighting up a stogie Stogie <laughs> <laughs> Looks hand rolled that's all I'm saying uh <laughs> And he's talking to some doctors, and they're, you know, trying to figure out, it looks like they're aware of the molders at this point, point. they're tinkering around to kind of figure out what's causing it, and um, maybe how to prevent it, right? Yeah. And so, what one of the cool things is that the doctors tell you about these molders is that for the change, at least is what they're aware of at the moment, is that for the change to actually occur, uh, the molders have to like, it looks like they plant themselves in the ground or something here. Yeah, it's like... almost.
1: They get, they form an attachment like with, with earth somehow. It's really strange. And that's what we got. Like they look kind of look like swamp thing.
0: Yeah. And so they're trying to think like, Hey, maybe if we prevent that from happening, maybe they won't change. Maybe it'll, you know, the change will be unsuccessful, but that, you know, after a bunch of trial and error there, that seems to not work. Right. Like that just, it.
1: I think it just kills the patients. Like when they, when they don't get attached to the, to the ground like that. The, the patients end up pretty much dying.
0: Right, yeah. And so they've realized that there's some sort of thing, some sort of neurons that the heart produces that kind of fights off this virus.
1: Yeah, the mutation. Um, yeah, it fights that mutation. Yeah.
0: And so they've realized, like, the, but the heart doesn't really produce enough of it to, to prevent it forever, and so they've started injecting these heart neurons from pigs yeah. into humans, and they're really hopeful about uh, the possibility uh, that this can contain the spread and allow us to keep the patient alive, you know, beyond that first 24 hours where they think, you know, if the patient is alive longer than that, uh, the virus won't be able to complete its cycle. Yeah, And so the dude who's sitting in the audience is like, "Ah, oh, this is all cool and everything, but show me some proof. Yeah. And so the doctor uh, whose name is, I think it's Zeus? Yeah. Do- Dr what's his name? I'm going to call him Dr. Zeus, yeah. I think it's Dr. Zeus. That's what I thought it was, but now I don't see it somewhere. Anyway, he brings out what they call uh patient 76. And oh, they wheel out this dude and you know, this is in the past, so this is the this guy's first time seeing him older. Yeah. And you know, he's just <laughs> what this awaits yeah. humanity. And so the doctor is just promising him like, "Hey man, look, we figured out the key is in the heart." Like, we, we, we think we know how to fix this problem, and he's just like, all right, this seems like a runaway train to me, but maybe you're right. Like, give it a whirl, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, that brings us into the present, and you're looking at all these cages and a gnarly molder hand kind of clicking something, right? Yeah. And uh, it looks like maybe it's a recorder that's playing something back to him. What's it saying here?
1: Yeah, it's like an, it's like an old recorder of... Um just different number of patients that they've had that they're trying to um, figure this out. They're trying to basically cure, yeah, way. To cure this yeah. infection. He's talking about the results um, from a live human heart are simply outstanding. So, they went yeah. from pig heart to now, you know, eventually Dr. Zeus is like, dude, we got a, you know, human hearts are the best, which <laughs> you think about it is pretty crazy, you know.
0: I know, because how's that solving the problem? Kill a human to save a human? Yeah,
1: and it's so weird. And he even says, he's like, I should have taken this step long ago, but I had more uh, moral barriers.
0: Yeah, you I know. wonder why.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so you find out that you know the best chance that they have is that the neurons or that whatever the human heart um, creates to stop this mutation from, from fully right. taking over or this virus.
0: Yeah, and he says that their their best chances with this patient seventy six. But you know, one of the crazy things is here is it's obviously a molder hand. It's a molder f- molder foot who is like listening to this, talking to this, and you're kind of thinking to yourself like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, and you turn the page and you see that it's freaking Doctor Zeus all molded out.
1: Yep. So somehow he got infected. But since he's done so much research, you know, he's kind of known what to do to not let him take him over 100%. So, he's like half Swamp Thing and half human. He's kind of still mentally there too, you know. Yeah. And
0: he's got a crew.
1: Yeah. He's got a crew of some dudes who aren't mentally there, it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) They're 100% molders, dude.
0: I know. And so... It continues, continues there, and they're walking into their laboratory, and they've got somebody sitting on the table. Looks like they're going to take his heart out, <laughs> you know, to to do this transfusion with a live human heart. And, you know, as they're doing this, poor Tala and, and Hototo can see everything that's going on mm, yeah. right through the window. So wild. And they see him just rip the heart right out of this guy.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because some of these molders, like, this dude – he's obviously the one that's still most there like mentally. And he's like, there's still hope, you know? So he's still trying to find a cure, even though what he's doing is wrong. You know, he's still set on, Hey, I need to find this cure. And one of the molders behind him is like hope, you know, like he's like, there's hope. But then another one is just like food. (laughs)
0: Food. (laughs) And so he rips the heart out and it looks like he sucks the blood right out of it. Dr. Zeus does. And so this must be how he's maintaining himself a little bit. Right. Yeah. And so Tala is just seeing all this and she's like, oh my gosh, Hototo, we need to get the heck out of here. You know, right at that time, that's when Dr. Zeus tells everybody, hey, go get the girl. Uh, It's time for the investigation.
1: Yeah, we can carry on with our investigation.
0: Yeah. And so right then, uh, Tala looks down at Hototo and they try to come up with a plan to get him out of here. And she's just like, look, when the monsters come in, I'm going to try to fight them off. When that's happening, uh, you know, hopefully I distract them enough so you can get the heck out of here. Yeah. And she hands him this letter and she just says, you know, read this once you get to where you're going. Yeah. And not before then, but when you get there, read it. And so you turn the page and Hototo doesn't want any of it, man. He doesn't really want to leave Tala.
1: Yeah, he gets know? mad. And it's kind of a sad th- those panels, right? you know, where he she's handing her this or handing him this letter Dude, it's pretty sad, man. Because you're like, dude, there's no uh, way they're gonna survive this. Like,
0: super heartfelt. Yeah, you know? I mean, my heart was time. heavy there for sure. And you know, Hototo wants to be be a strong little brother, and he's just like, we fight together. Yeah. And uh, he's just not having it, you know. And so the monsters come in to get Tala. She's trying to fight him, yelling at Hototo to run, but he thinks he's you know that his superhero powers have just kind of been waiting to be tapped he just needs to figure out how to turn them out yeah he still has that
1: that young kid where he's like still you know in his imagination he's gonna be in a superhero. he even he even tells her he's like hey tell me how to tell Mm -hmm. me how to transform you know like i'll just turn into a superhero you made my suit like i'll beat these guys Mm -hmm. up you know
0: (laughs) that's right And so he's sitting there just yelling at him, sticking his hand in their face like he's going to shoot some sort of blast from his power. Yes. And he just gets backhanded by this molar. (laughs) Uh, And uh uh, so they fight and fight, but they end up both getting knocked out. And you're just, you know, you're left on this page thinking the worst for for both of them. Yeah. And, you know, you, you turn the page and there's Tala. She's strapped to the table. And Dr. Zeus, he's about to continue doing what he's going to do. And they bring in patient 76, who apparently is their best hope. I don't know how they get that from looking at this thing. He seems like a lost cause.
1: He's definitely not their best hope, dude, at all. He is a beast. He's a beast, dude. Back to the conversation we had about shades and molders. If it was molders, like, all of them were like this, like patient 76... I don't know. You might change your mind? Yeah,
0: I might change my mind. To shades, dude. Yeah, and so you know they've got this thing all chained up, and they're gonna, you know, more or less. Seems like they're gonna try to feed a tallest heart. So Doctor Zeus asks for a scalpel, but right then it seems like this this gnarly molder starts breaking free from its chains. Right? Yeah,
1: he starts taking everybody out. He doesn't care.
0: Yeah, he's he's lost his mind. He's tired of being chained up. And so he just slices these other molders and, you know, there's Dr. Zeus one-on-one with gnarly patient 76. But right then who comes in, but our boy.
1: Dude, Humbo to the rescue and the hopper, bro.
0: Yeah. He breaks through the wall. Who knows how he found him right now, but you're just stoked. And he initiates machine gun mode in yep. this, uh, hopper and just starts rat-a-tat-tat. Dude, all I place. love that
1: art right there. It's just like rat tat 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 dude. It's <laughs> so cool, man.
0: I know. And uh man that that molder there though where it's saying raw. Yeah. Like the artwork there, oh my gosh, man. Yeah, the
1: artwork and the lettering dude is just so cool.
0: So there's uh Humbo, you know, tatting. Alice is doing her thing. You know, but it's looking kind of grim here because that gnarly molder uh knocks that hopper down and Humbo is screaming for his life, but right then it looks like uh, he successfully stabbed it with uh, the hopper's sort of like I don't know what you'd call it, knife on its hand. Yeah. Then Alice does the coolest thing and pops Dr. Zeus's head right off. Oh yeah, dude. Dominates Dr. So Zeus. Humbo and Humbo and Alice save the day, get get uh Hototo and Tala out of there, and you know, they're back on their way to the beacon. On this really cool double page spread of a starry night,
1: dude, super cool, man. I love it how it's just showing like the outline of, of the four characters, and you get like bits and pieces of like glow from like Alice's eyes and her wings, a little bit from the suit, mm-hmm. um, uh, Hototo's bracelet. It's just such a cool double page, dude.
0: I love it. And it's a nice little break because you just went through an emotional turmoil. You yeah, know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You get another cool QR code too for another music clip. So super cool.
0: And then you turn the page. And so they're sitting there under the starry night. Uh, and it looks like they're at some sort of cell tower. Uh, but Hototo is mad at Tala, man. Yeah. And he just says, I hate you straight to her. And, and you know he's mad because you know, I think it's becoming a little bit more clear to him or he's becoming a little bit more aware of what this all exactly entails yeah, uh, and that it's, that it's going to mean leaving her. Yeah. And, you know, she's such a great big sister Uh and he loves her too, just as much as she loves him. And, uh, you know, that doesn't sit well with him, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's a kind of a stark, like, I don't know how to explain it because if you look at the relationship of, uh, Humbo and Alice, it w- w- you know, always together, you know, and then, you yeah. know, um, Tall, even though she was doing the right thing, you know, at least, you know, like when they were with the molders, you know, trying to save him and get him out of there. Like he wants to do, you know, he doesn't want to leave her, you know.
0: Yeah. He wants to do the humble Alice. Yeah. And, uh, man, I don't really know what the heck this cell tower is trying to say, dude, (laughs) but it's talking some gibberish as far as I know, uh, as they're sitting under this starry night, you get a cool shot of these kind of like tree monkeys or something, that are, you know, all moldered out, and they're cool. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, they they continue, and it looks like the sun's starting to rise. Alice smells something, man. So she starts uh, making some some noises. Yeah, she kind of freaks is out, like, yeah. Tal's like, what what's she saying? And Humbo says she's saying bad blood. And you look down at where the train station is that they're trying to go, and you see... This group of people wearing robes that look like they're all in some sort of cult. Turns out they are. They're called the Acceptus, And uh, they don't want anybody to board that train. They don't believe in the big escape. They think everybody's supposed to die. Yeah. And so they're freaking out because they think, you know, there's no way they're boarding this train now, right? Yeah.
1: And what, dude, when I first seen this, I was like, what? A, just... The world that they created is just crazy, because now you get this crazy cult, and I was just like,
0: what? I know. And they say, the coward that carries the bracelet deserves nothingness, is kind of what they're repeating. And they've got all these kids lined up in front of them as they're holding guns to the back of their head, bro, and you turn the page And it's just blam, 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 blam. Hmm. And the dude says, death to the false chosen ones. And that's where the issue ends, dude.
1: Yeah. I just crazy.
0: Gosh. Yep. What'd you think, bro, of issue three?
1: Gosh, well, that part was gnarly to me, you know?
0: Dude, there's like every issue, there's been something that just leaves this like cement sandwich sitting in your belly, dude. You're just like, oh my gosh.
1: Um but no I I this issue was great dude. I love like the backstory you get kind of like on the Molders how you get the story of Dr. Zeus how he was so like dedicated to finding a cure that he was even doing like some terrible stuff like yeah. Um and then just the the relationship with uh Hototo and his sister You can just see that motherly love she has for him, dude. Like, she cares so much for him. She's like, dude, I'm going to sacrifice myself, and you're getting out of Mm -hmm. here, you know? So, I'd love to see that.
0: And that scene with the letter. Yeah, um, that
1: was tough, yeah.
0: Humbo and Alice saving the day was another awesome moment.
1: Dude, big You know, one
0: of the things I haven't mentioned, but I wanted to over and over, is um, Eva De La Cruz is the colorist. Man, the coloring work on in these issues has been nothing short of literally phenomenal. Yeah. Like,
1: it's amazing. Big time. I love how just bright and vibrant it is.
0: Without losing any of the sort of scary edge that it needs to maintain. Right? You know? Yeah.
1: No, it's so good. So good.
0: So that takes us to issue four, my man.
1: Yeah, issue four, man. Um, let's jump in. It um, takes us to kind of a flashback of two characters we haven't met yet. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, how would you... I don't even know how you would explain these people, really.
0: They're kind of, uh, you know, teenagers on 10 hours to extinction. You know, what else are you going to be doing when you're this age? But sitting on the roof of your muscle car, making out with your girlfriend, you know what I mean? And so they're doing what the teenagers are going to do. And they're expressing their love for each other. And I love talking I about love you, the, end of the world. <laughs> I know. And then, of course, what are you going to do? But, ha- but have, you know, one last trip. You know, they're going to, they decide they're going to pop some pills before the end of the world.
1: Yeah. They say, uh, one with the universe and they, uh, take these pills and they, um, they go down a, a beautiful ride. And it uh, looks like they're floating through like a canyon or something, or like I don't know if this is supposed to be in the ocean with some one
0: of the craziest things to me, though, is like while they're on this trip, right? Yeah, like you said, they're on this like this really cool, beautiful, uh, like under the sea. <laughs> but what the heck is that car doing down there? <laughs> I know, dude, it's like muscle cars just <laughs> feeling out. It took some pills with them,
1: yeah. But um, they end up um going down like this canyon. And they um, stumble across like five like beings that are just standing there, huge, way bigger than them. And they're um, they, they they
0: think they're gods, yeah.
1: And they say, "Hey, God's gonna save us. It's not the end." So it's almost like they're getting a message that they're mm. not gonna die. You know,
0: maybe they, maybe what they took was DMT, and these are the elves. Yeah,
1: I don't know what they took, but whatever they did, they got some some message that is basically giving them a little bit of a hope that they're not gonna die. You know. Yeah. And then we get back to um, uh, the group of uh, Humbo, Alice, Talon, Hototo sitting on that cliff after they just got done watching all those all those kids basically get shot.
0: And for the first time yeah. you see Humbo yep. That's what I just, a little uh, with a little different sort of demeanor, right? Yep.
1: Usually he's, you know, happy-go-lucky and um, but now he he just says we're screwed. <laughs>
0: So and when he's saying it like it like for whatever reason like it hits hard. Yeah. Like, oh man, we are screwed.
1: Yeah, you look at the other characters and they're like, dude, if Humbo is saying we're screwed like might be some truth in that, you know. Yeah. But then he comes back to being old Humbo and he's like, I got a plan, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that train, that's uh, it that's their last hope to get to um the mega, megalopolis where the um where the beacon is, right? And so they have Mother to, nine. yeah, they have to board this train. And so um, you get a, you get a panel of um, these dudes in this cult, like dragging these bodies off. And all of a sudden, they're just like hit with these repulsor rays or these shock blasts or something. And so they're getting shocked, dude. And it's who is it, dude? It's Humbo, Humbo the Denier, bro. <laughs> it's what he calls himself. <laughs> He jumps down and he basically, because they're called the acceptors. And so
0: he's like, it's so cool.
1: I'm the denier. And he's like, behold my power. And so he jumps down and he starts firing these like electrical shocks at all these guys and um, just taking them out, you know? And so now these, these guys are like, Hey, everybody shoot the hopper. They're blasting, um, pretty much throwing everything they have at this. And it's just ricocheting off this hopper. And, um, Humbo thinks he's invincible. He's like, you guys can't stop me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Surprise, I'm freaking invincible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then they have a little trick up their sleeves that uh, (laughs) Humbo didn't anticipate. They got some EMP grenades. So they toss a couple down at at his feet and um, it electrocutes him now. And he falls to the ground and um, all these guys um, jump on him and they're going to take it over. But when they open it, it's empty. So, he's, he's um, basically remotely operating this big old mech. And it gives them the opportunity to, like, create a distraction to sneak up onto the train. However, they weren't yeah. so sneaky, right?
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: So, they, they jump on the, on the train. But um, one of the guys in this cult sees them and he's like, hey, over there. So, they get on the train and it starts cooking. It starts taking off. But it also allows some of these members of this cult to get on the train too, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so, they're running through the train to go as far forward as they can, but this cult's just booking it through um, each train car to get to them. And so, doesn't look good for them because they're all armed with these uh, heavy-duty rifles,
0: right? Yeah, well, that dude's got a machete in his hand, <laughs> the front dude. Oh, yeah, he does. And they all look the same, man. They do. A bald head, red suit, or I don't know, red... Like some sort of red face, like red face paint. Yeah.
1: They all have like a red tunic on or something, however you want to call it. Pretty crazy, though, because right now you get a little bit... um, I'm anxious right now, dude. Like, are they going to get out of this? You know, I'm like, dude, what's going to happen? And um, they meet them in in the front car. Here comes Alice just doing alice things just taking them out right left and right as they unlock this like i don't know is it the front of the car you i think it's like the very front yeah, section it's just like
0: yeah i think so yeah either way they've they found out a way to detach the train and so they're trying to separate them from from the acceptus because yeah there's no other way to do it
1: they gotta they gotta basically release the train cars behind them in order to yeah. to, to get away from them and so as they do that um and hototo being the tinkerer he is he gets it released but alice she's still back in the car behind him and you know their motto they're always together right and so no
0: but the the crazy thing is yeah and she's yelling separate yeah do you think that means she's yelling like hey dude like quickly separate the train or is she telling him like okay here's the here's where we draw the line I love you too. but yep. we got to separate. I'm going to protect.
1: You. Yeah, she doesn't. She wants him to go because it, you know eventually he's going to go up in the beacon. They're going to separate eventually, <coughs> and so yeah. I think she's like, "Hey, this is the end of the line for me." And you can tell she's now starting to get overran by all these guys because they're too much for for her to handle by herself. You know, she's she's taking a beating, and yeah, she yells, "Separate," or I, she just yells whatever language she's in, and but. Uh, Humbo he's able to know what she's saying you know because they have that such a good bond but Humbo's not taking it he says always together and he bails he jumps and goes into the train car with her and um, Hototo and um, Tala they're by themselves again man this is another one of those ones where you're like dude like Simon and now Humbo and Alice just
0: I know I just think it's so crazy that like that page ends with just Humbo and Alice set and that separated train fighting the acceptus like that's just where it leaves you and you're just like man I hope they're gonna be okay yeah dude you does, know
1: yeah and it you just it doesn't look good for them because Alice looks like she's already in the, in that one panel dude she's all just bloodied up getting yeah just attacked from every direction from these guys
0: with guns and big old machetes but they're such good dudes man because they did it right I mean. Hototo and Tal are safe on their train now. They're all alone. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And um, you get another little QR code where you can um, – this one's called Letter to Hototo. So, we get this scene where they're just riding solo in this train by themselves. And they're not even sitting together, you know. Like, you can tell they're, it's just um, – dude, This it's just sad, this scene where they're both like – they're sitting separate – and Toto doesn't even have his cape on now, you know, and they're both just crying. It's just, um pretty emotional right here with these two. Yeah. And um, you turn the page and you kind of, um, you basically. Well, can, and
0: this is really quick. Yeah. Sorry, man. No, yeah, this go is ahead. The, these were some of my favorite two. Pa- well, this is one of my favorite panels in the whole entire first arc here. It's just this heaviness of the letter that Tala gave Toto in his back pockets where he put it. It ends up flying out the window, but we get a glimpse into what she wrote to Hototo, and it is just some of the warmest, loving, heartfelt messages uh, that just make gives you such a heavy heart for for what's going on here. You know? Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I'll kind of summarize it. You know, she's basically saying, you know, if you're reading this, you're you're traveling to the stars. You know, like I can't go mm-hmm. with you. Um, I I went as far as I can, but you know I'm with mom and dad now. You carry us, you know. You carry us uh, with you forever, wherever you go. And um, you know, be happy, enjoy your magical moments. You're always my my little superhero.
0: Yeah, and the part that just that hit me, the artist here, is her P.S. where she says, "Talk to me. Don't ever stop talking to me, please." Yeah. Oh my god, that's
1: crazy, man. But um anyways, the train rolls up to Mother Nine and it's just them two. So the whole crew that they started with is now gone. It's just uh Tala and um, Hototo. And they get there and it's kind of crazy, man. Like, think about it. They have um not very long till this beacon goes up. You got Mother Nine is this huge, like, metropolis area where most of humanity lives, you know, in these in these nine huge cities, you know and so you got these this group um they're almost like uh, they're called the peacekeepers right yeah and they're like um there to to help uh escort people in with bracelets and there's a lot of people out there because think about it the world's about to end you got all these people panicking they want to you know they want to try to get on this beacon or get a bracelet somehow what do you think of the chaos
0: that's going on uh i mean m- How do I want to say it makes sense? Yeah, Uh, I can imagine this being the case. I mean, you've got the end of the world and only 5,000 select kids going. Uh, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of fighting to try to make your way onto these beacons. Right. I mean, that's what's going on and uh, just seems to be very true of what you'd expect to be happening in that sort of scenario.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. Just wild. Like I can't scary, yeah, like I can't
0: imagine being in that situation. Like just going to an airport right now gives me anxiety. Yeah. The thought of putting myself in this scenario, like I don't even, I don't even know. Like I try to find a way around to a beacon or something like I just wouldn't want to be in this group right now. It's too anxiety, you know, for me.
1: Yeah. You got like three groups here too. So you, you got um, somebody over a loudspeaker like saying, Hey, you know, let's do this in an orderly fashion, you know. And kind of like you would hear at an airport, you know, like, let's just keep this line moving. You got the peacekeepers that are like making sure only people with bracelets are going in. But then you got this like group of protesters, you know, that they're like, let us in, you know, don't, don't, um, don't leave us out. The end is near. I could just imagine, dude, like the look on all the faces, like you see this little panel in the, in the bottom right. And all these people that are in line with their companions and the, you know, the one with the bracelet, they're just like,
0: they're in shock, they're
1: scared, dude. Yeah. Because think about it, if you're a protester, you want that bracelet. You know what I mean? So like
0: That's right. they're
1: probably just scared as can be. And then um, yeah, you flip the page, you get you get a little bit of a glimpse of um how crazy terrible humanity could be, right? Because um this one guy um grabs Hototo because he has the bracelet and um he's like, Hey, sorry, you can't go, you know, speaking to, to Tala. And, um, this one guy says, um, as he's taking Hototo away, he's like, Hey, he's too young. Let me, or no, Tala's saying this, or, you know, I need to hold his hand a little bit longer. He can't go yet, you know? And they're like, no, step away, step away. And they, they take him, uh, Hototo's freaking out. He wants to, you know, be by his sister, which is, it's just sad because just a few moments ago, you know, like he was mad at her. They weren't even sitting by each other on the train. So you like... Almost like, man, they took that time for granted that they had, you know, their last yeah, little ride, and yeah. now they're being separated, and they don't want to, you know. Yeah. And so he's drug off and put on this bus, and um, he's he's going um, he's going to the beacon, but then all chaos breaks loose.
0: Goodness gracious!
1: Like um, these protesters start start attacking the peacekeepers, right?
0: Just throwing some Molotov cocktails
1: around, it looks like, or something. Yeah, dude. And um, so they're they're trying to make their way in, I'm assuming, you know, to get to this beacon, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they're mad at these peacekeepers for something. Because it's to hell with you, you monsters. Liars is what they're yelling at the peacekeepers. And uh, you know, they're they're beating them up, and then you see someone asks, What's going on? And this it says, They're not they're not taking the Enduro kids. So the kids that were, you know, they had to be bust in the kids that yep. were less fortunate. They're not taking them to the beacon. They're selling their bracelets to the highest bidders. They find out they found out how to transplant them.
1: Mm. And yeah, that
0: and so that's freaking Tala out because you know where's Hototo from?
1: Yeah, he's he's from Enduro and all that hard work to get there, and now he's not going to be able to go up in one of these rescue beacons, dude. Like yeah, so she's freaking out, you know, and at the same time. Not only is there mass chaos with these, with these protesters, with the peacekeepers, there's a gnarly storm rolling in. Cause we're getting down to the final hours before earth is extinct. Right. So it looks like another storm, like what took out their bus in issue one, but way crazier. Yeah. Lightning's going everywhere. Roots are like shooting up out of the ground. Like basically earth is just. swallowing. Yeah. Itself now up, it, it's, like. It's, it's like another enemy they have to worry about, you know. And uh, these guys are – and they, they know it too. They know Earth is ending. So, these guys on their bus are like, dude, hurry. We got to get there so we can get these bracelets off and so we can reach the beacon. You turn the page and not only is there a crazy, crazy storm, but now all these crazy creatures are inbound to their location.
0: Oh, man. So, is it your understanding that this kind of end of the world – uh, here for the humans, is going to leave it in a way that is still populated by these creatures? Or is Earth going to be so decimated that like not even these things are alive anymore? I
1: think, to me, it I assume that it's still going to be populated, but not by humans. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's at least what we're supposed to take away from it. I do have a question at the beginning of the next issue, though. You'll see in a panel that... Uh, I want to ask you about, but we'll get there. But man, just a this heartbreaking
1: one has, issue. This one, man,
0: my goodness, and it just has all the right. It leaves you, you know, right where you want to be uh for the second to last issue of an arc, because you you need to read the next one at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no not reading.
1: Yeah, and I remember reading um, this the first time, dude. I just kept texting you like. Dude, this is the best thing. I remember after every issue, I would just text you, and I was just blown away. I
0: know. Uh, it just had everything, again, that you'd want. You had a interesting backstory from that flashback with the kids saying the God. Another really cool Humbo scene, saving the day. Yeah. More really cool Alice stuff. Heartbreaking Humbo and Alice stuff. And then you've got, you know real world implications of this chaos that's ensuing and just how real that felt. And, you know, Hototo and Tala and their strained relationship, that beautiful letter that she penned for him and just how it ends in this sort of like, Oh my God, what's going to happen to Hototo? What are they going to do to him? If they're going to try to rip this bracelet off, Tala's fighting her way as hard as she can to try to find him again. Is she going to find him? What's going to happen? The world's ending. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing.
1: Dude, so much going on, but it's so good. Yeah. these and creatures the you...
0: coloring and the artwork is just fantastic.
1: Dude, the last page, the full page of all these crazy creatures just making their way is just gnarly.
0: Yep. I love it, man. Yeah. So that takes us to five, and five opens up with literally what I'm assuming is three hours. Does that look like three hours? Yeah.
1: Just over three hours left before,
0: before these beacons go off. Um, and so as you turn the page, as you're sitting here looking at this really tall beacon with that timer clicking down, it kind of pans out, right, man. And this is where you see like what, a 200 mile high wave coming on the whole city.
1: Yeah. Like a huge tsunami.
0: Yeah, and this is this. I guess that was my question of like, isn't this also going to take out like a ton of these uh molders? Like, they can't all just like breathe underwater, man. That's a huge freaking tidal wave coming.
1: Yeah, but I don't know.
0: You're probably right, though. I mean, this is just it's not going to take them all out, they'll probably still be around at the end of this thing.
1: Yeah, plus this is just one. This is mother five that we're looking at. It's like showing us how all these places are oh, starting to collapse. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: So, the the nine beacons that they have, a lot of them are starting to fall. Yeah.
1: And so, if you look too, and, and this panel on the right, it shows a circle of the map of where five is. And it's almost, I don't know if it's an island, but... So that's where this one is, like where uh, Tala and Hototo are, you know, they're getting like all these beasts are running. They're like in a jungle area, it looks like, where this one more looks like it's an island. So this is where you get the big tidal wave coming. And if you look in the tidal wave, like on the top panel, there's like that sea creature like jumping out.
0: I know. Yeah. So cool. Really. And so you get the control center freaking out. It it crumbles, crushes, looks like in some sort of earthquake or something. Yeah. And, uh, you turn the page and now we're down to an hour, you know, before our extraction. And this is where we pick back up with Tala and she's in a bus, you know, trying to get to, uh, the beacon, you know, mother nine, where they're supposedly taking Hototo. and that bus, you know, gets hit by a, a root that's, you know, shooting out of the ground and it crashes She makes her way out. I love this panel of her kind of standing, looking at the sky with the lightning and all these, you know, molded out, crazy flying things coming at her. Yeah, so cool. And she just has this moment of reflection and she's just like, Hototo, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And so it it goes to Hototo being dragged in some sort of, uh, it's probably some sort of makeshift hospital area. Yeah. Where they've looks like they've got all these kids like mm, strapped up to uh, these tables, and they're straight up cutting these kids' arms off to replace, you know, their to give their bracelets to other kids. Yeah, and um, you know, Hototo is looking at it, and I think he's kind of realizing what's about to go down, and he says. Tala. So you've got both of them longing for each other at this point. Yeah. And you know, Tala's just being run down by these crazy flying molders. She's running. Everyone's shooting at these things. Uh, and now we're down to literally 61 minutes before extraction. I mean, time's just clicking fast here in this issue. Yeah. And we we flash again to Hototo running away from one of these gnarly doctors, uh, who's just trying. Uh I mean just by looking at this guy, I would never believe him. Uh, but he's trying to tell Hototo, like, I'm not a bad dude. i am I'm just trying to make this not hurt for you. Like, help me out here. Yeah. And then you get uh Hototo still trying to activate his superpowers, man. Yep. He's not gonna give up
1: on No, that. dude. He wants to be a superhero. And um so he's trying to, he's trying his best, dude, to just use that power fist.
0: <laughs> I love it, dude. I love his tenacity. Yeah. He's not going to give it up. Uh, And right then, as he kind of like, he sticks his power fist in this dude's face and yells no with his eyes closed. And when he opens his eyes, this dude's got, you know, someone straight up stabbed. No, a root kind of popped up and went right through him. And uh, there's Hototo in between two roots. uh, And flying right at him looks like a flying predator uh, from the movie Predator. Yeah, it
1: does, dude,
0: for sure. You know, right before I can get him, you see blam, and a peacekeeper uh, took care of that dude, saved Hototo, and he's just like, You should be at the beacon.
1: Yeah, dude, real quick, what I think is cool is when Hototo's like putting his fist in the air, you know, and you're like yelling to turn into a superhero. And when that dude gets stabbed, if you look at Hototo in that panel, he's like, Wow i it's like it's, you think what you know going through his mind he's like i did it you know like <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: i i made those roots come yeah out. and so you turn the page now we're down to 10 minutes before extraction this peacekeeper is trying to get hototo to uh the beacon but it's just a sea of madness
1: yeah dude i mean you
0: got the peacekeeper saying yeah he said
1: just madness and this peacekeeper is like legit he has like a a string of kids he's trying to rush to the beacon. So, you know, he's trying to help them. You know, he's got like four, what, yeah. four, four or five kids he's trying to rush up there, including Hototo. Yeah.
0: And so he runs up there and he says, I, you know, to these other peacekeepers right in front of the beacon, and he says, I bring bracelets, let us in. And the dude's like, sorry, man, orders, beacons closed. But right then, as the peacekeeper's holding Hototo's hand, Toto and Tala see each other and just scream each other's names like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think I'd ever see you again, but here yeah, you are. Yeah. And you turn the page and you've got 10 seconds to extraction, man. And the beacons lighten up. Uh, all the kids' bracelets light up, uh, just glowing. And then the next page is just this dark page with all zeros. So Time's out. this is it. Yep. Time's out, man. And you turn the page, and we're in the past, and what's called the Supreme Intergalactic Council. And this looks like a bunch of gods. Uh, I would almost want to call it, if you want to compare it to something Marvel, like these are the Eternals or something. Yeah. They're up there, kind of um, contemplating Earth and its problems and what they're going to do about it. Yeah. It's al- and so they. It's
1: almost like they're like holographs, you know, like they all like our holographs into this like meeting room where they're like meeting up.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, some of them are saying, you know, so be it. Some of them are kind of saying it's too early. Earth's gone through a lot. They haven't had a chance to mature. And so collectively they come up with this idea um, to send those bracelets down um, to save those 5,000 children. But one of the fascinating things I think here is it says, you know, this purple dude says I propose to send the, the Paladon bracelets and the yellow dudes are like, we know the risk. We accept the risk, which is fascinating, right? Because they're sending these 5,000 bracelets. They know that it's risky and that they accept the risks, but we're unaware of the risks at this time. Yeah.
1: You know? It's crazy. Cause they mentioned that, that earth is about to face a super drift is what they call it.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: um they're like dude the humans are still in the early stage they're not ready to face a super drift you know so these are obviously super drifts have looks seems like it's happened to other you know parts of the galaxy but we're as the humans are they're still a young early stage and um they're not ready for it
0: yeah so we're not given too much more information about these guys we do know that they're the ones who sent the message sent the bracelets we know that there's some sort of risk involved with these bracelets yep. and that these gods, for whatever reason, <laughs> they they accept the risk, but they're not really g- going to end up having to assume the risk. Yeah. It doesn't seem like. So right after that, we're, you know, we're flashed again to the present time and these kids with the bracelets that are glowing all begin to kind of get sucked up, right? They're kind of floating into the air, getting pulled up and Hototo is freaking out, yelling for Tala, Tal is yelling at Toto, but there's not really much they could do at this point, man. I mean, he's at this point, he's all the way up at the top of the beacon yep. yelling for Tal.
1: Yep. He's he's going up. He's getting rescued right now.
0: Yeah. And you turn the page. Uh, and what ends up being one of the more gnarly couple panels in this whole thing, because what's happening to most of these kids, man, is that it looks like they're turning into these like blobs of like cancerous blobs, is almost what they look like. And they're just exploding or something. And you got the crowd down below witnessing all of this. Just oh my God. No. The shock and you got
1: on all their faces because you think this is what they've looked forward to for however long is this point right here of and if you think about it, these are the companions of all these kids that just got sent up, right?
0: That have went through all that trouble yes. to get them to this beacon, and here they are blowing. And up.
1: now all these kids are transforming into these. I, I don't even, dude. It, it's almost like the the they don't like they're not compatible or something. And they're the, just like the third
0: panel yeah, the, the dude. Look where you can
1: see the dude's eyes. They're just like turning oh into gosh. these big blobs and the exploding. So all these kids are just dying as they're getting lifted up into this beacon.
0: Yeah. And so on the next page, what's fascinating is that while most of them are turning into these blobs, something interesting is happening to Hototo where his bracelet looks like it's uh, oozing some sort of black goo that's kind of put putting him inside of a cocoon, yeah, more or less, yep. wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely turning in into a cocoon instead of like this uh, explosion of whatever these other guys are doing.
0: Yeah, and then the panels continue to show you kind of you know some of the gnarly things happening on Earth. But as you turn the page, you've got these three panels up top where it looks like. In the middle of all these other blobby kids <laughs> blowing up, you've got five cocoons who are drastic, you know, who are gradually changing into these like human blob, uh, like human black figures. But then you get this like half-page panel where they've all morphed into these superheroes, mm. and they fall down to Earth. And this do you know you you know it's Hototo? He's got the Hototo. Uh, super, yeah, he's dude, got the logo, he's got the on, the logo his on his chest, yeah, and he falls down right in front of Tala in a superhero pose, of course. And Tala is just like, Ho, Ho, Toto, yeah, and you know, Ho, Toto takes off his mask or kind of opens up the shield, and he's Tala, don't be afraid, I'm here to protect. But he is what easily aged
1: 20 years,
0: what 20 years or so, at least. And uh, I love, dude. That he's got his same logo, mm-hmm. I love that. And what is so crazy to me
1: is, you know, he's always wanted to be a superhero, right? And he has the same I logo. Know. His his helmet is not the same, but it's like the same colors. I want to know the backstory of these other four characters too. Now oh, I know, you know? Dude, I know. Like how were they? Just, how are they so special that they were the only ones that? transformed yeah. and now we can see that risk you know they're taught hey there's a risk um that they these beings these other beings were mentioning and so mm-hmm. we see what that risk was
0: yep exactly what i was gonna and, and, yeah, say yeah what
1: made and- these five so special that they were the ones that didn't end up you know they were compatible or whatever you want to say and they were able to turn into these awesome superheroes i'm gonna call them I mean, I don't even yeah. know what they're called right now, but let's just call them superheroes.
0: Hmm. And so I just think it's so cool that his logo is the same, that he's got that same logo that Tala created for him right on his chest. Yeah. Uh, it just means a lot, man. I think that's super cool touch. So he tells her, I'm here to protect. And he turn the page, and it says, you know, the era of the pal- paladins. And there they are, and it looks like probably what the idea was was that those gods and what they decided, why they sent those bracelets was to create these, I'm guessing what they're going to be called is paladins. And they're kind of these superheroes uh who maybe can save the world, maybe can protect the people, maybe can fight back these, you know, molded out creatures and, um, you know, end up restoring kind of humanity to a place of living again. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, what do you think? You think maybe that could be kind of what's going on here is that these paladins are hopefully hopefully, what the gods had envisioned where that these can be kind of uh, Earth's saviors? Yeah,
1: like the saviors for, for humankind, for sure.
0: Yeah. So you get to see them kind of in this full page fighting off these, um, you know, molders. But then you flash forward three years and you've got some dude walking up to... Um, It looks like one of these megalopolises. Yeah, Mother Nine, Mother Nine, and he's all decked out. And you turn the page, and uh, if it isn't our boy Humbo,
1: (laughs) I was so stoked, dude! Like, I mean, I was really stoked that Hototo didn't die. I was like, all right, sweet. I'm, you know, he didn't die. Cool. I can't wait to see what's going on with these guys. But this was my favorite part at the end. That humbo is still alive dude i don't see alice which makes me a little nervous yeah you assume that she didn't make it but here he is dude humbo and he looks like um he's been through a lot man he's finally made it to mother nine and mother nine now looks like it's a protected city you know they got these big hoppers you know protecting the city from from all those creatures and mutations and molders gosh dude i love it that was my favorite favorite part
0: yeah one of the cool things here is at the very end of this issue and i'll, I'll try to be quick here but uh, the miranda brothers have a thank you letter which i thought was really cool and it says the we live universe has many more corners yet to be discovered and explored but first we needed you to f- to know and feel the origin of tala and ototo without being aware that they would be the trigger point of a new heroic universe without without their humanity superpowers wouldn't mean a thing to us their bond is the essence of this story a superhero symbol needs to have real heart and meaning and they freaking nailed it
1: big time dude and so now i'm so stoked we got to do this and it just builds it perfectly for what's coming out next week dude and i don't think i've looked forward to a, a new release like i'm looking forward to this one in a while
0: Oh man. So just really quick to kind of like give you a little like a uh, teaser. It says here. So here we are now in a strange new place. And while it might seem like light has somehow prevailed, you must also know that our characters and the remains of the human race have a very tough road ahead. Things are not going to be easy for them. Human life is still far from safe and far from redemption. They and we have done too much damage to mother earth. Let's not forget that nature has always found a way to open its own path and adapt to adversities. We hope that you are ready for what's coming and that you follow us to the uncertain tomorrow we are heading towards. Uh yes, Miranda brothers, I'll be there for every single issue on release
1: day. Dude <laughs> The air of the paladins, dude, see you season two. I'm so stoked. I just want And that is literally in what five days? Dude. Like as we end this issue, there's so many questions I have like, I want to know why these five were special. I already want to know the backstory of the other four. And For they're sure. like, it, it would be awesome just to see their road to get there. Just like, you know, Hototos. I, I want to know if Alice is alive. You know, oh, like I know. tons of questions. But at the same time, it's just such a cool story, man. So yeah. good.
0: So, before we keep just heaping praise, uh, let's give some numbers to this bad boy, man. What are you rating it?
1: All right, dude. For art, I'm giving art a five out of five. I loved it. Straight loved it. Every Everything from the coloring to the lettering, um, all the characters were great. I'm giving it a five. Um, story, I'm going to give it a four and a half. I mean, it wasn't not that – there was nothing bad about it. Um, sometimes the pacing got a little weird for me. I want, I I think, but other than that, like dude, just incredible. I'm giving it a nine and a half out of 10,
0: nine and a half out of 10.
1: Yeah. What about you?
0: Well, bro, not to like be the little canary in a coal mine. I don't even know if that's the right expression. That's what okay. I'm going to rate it exactly the same. <laughs> uh, yeah. Arts a five story, four and a half. And the reason it's four and a half is actually, uh, issue three, was just kind of a weird issue for me. Uh, I didn't really love the whole Dr. Zeus thing. It was a little weird. I mean, there was some cool drama and tension there, which I thought, you know, I'm not knocking it a lot. One and two were great. Three kind of felt like this weird interlude. Yeah. Where the pacing got a little thrown off. Mm-hmm. Still really cool stuff in there. But just because issue three felt a little weird, I'll knock it point uh, five. But nine and a half for me, nine and a half for you. You want to go ahead and crunch those numbers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'll do the number crunch. We're
1: looking at a 19 out of 20, dude. Um, 19 out of 20 for the CBL. And yeah, man, I love it. I don't know.
0: I can't wait, dude. It's one of my favorites I've read in a long time.
1: Yeah, same here. And um, next week, can't come soon enough. Like you said, I've already got it ordered and ready to go. So I hope I can go on Wednesday. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to make it, but I'm going to do my best. But either way, next week will be fun, man, to kind of see where they're going to go with it.
0: Yeah, man. So, dude, what can people look forward to uh, next week on CBL?
1: Dude, next week we're going to be hanging in the lair, man. It's going to be our our second episode of us just um, hanging out and um, talking about whatever we want, what we've been getting into um, in between our um, book of the weeks. And, um, yeah, I'm going to have a lot to talk about because um, I'm going to go see Batman tomorrow.
0: I can't wait to hear it.
1: Dude. Yeah. Hear what you think. So um plus everything I picked up this week, I'm sure you got a lot coming in the mail.
0: I do, yeah. And I got my my most recent uh book club book, graphic novel book club, I'm in uh is Eve. Ooh. yeah. Uh pretty sure that's a boom title. So give it a read. I'll let you know what I think.
1: Yeah, let me know because I almost actually um, was going to pick that up uh, last week. I was looking at them. Um, I had so much in my hands already. I, I ended up putting it back on the shelf, but it looks super interesting.
0: Yeah, and I uh, got some Radio Apocalypse to get to. I just read Saga Fifty Six. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, good stuff.
1: Nice, dude. There's a lot of good stuff coming out next week, man. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a great week for comic books. I think.
0: Yeah, if you're interested in what we're looking forward to coming out, make sure you check out the last hanging in the lair. We went over uh, what was coming out for for the next two, and
1: yeah, give it a listen. Yeah, it's gonna Let's be fun. Yeah, let us know what you think. Definitely, and um, yeah, feel free to um, subscribe to our show. Please um, leave us a review and uh, share with a friend. We really appreciate that. And uh, check us out over on Instagram at the comic book lair. Um, has all of our stuff we're um, getting into and um, just another place to extend the conversation. We'd love to hear from you guys um, Hear What you're reading, shoot us some recommendations. We'd love to hear um, uh, what you guys are reading. That way we can um, get into it as well. We like that. That is definitely true. Also um, check us out on discord. Um,
0: yeah. On our link tree, we have a link uh, with the invite code just, you know, right in there so i click that link and you get right into our discord channel yeah head
1: on over there i know um batman now is i just want to hear what people think about batman and um i want to hear um you know if you guys like it is it um dark and gritty how do um i want to know how robert pattinson does i know a lot of the um actor choices were a little for me were a little weird and so um, I definitely want to get in a conversation conversation, uh, Batman, next week for sure. And, yeah, um, it's a
0: low-key place. We're just chatting over there and hanging out. So, yeah, like, you know, we're trying to grow it too, so it'd be fun to have you over yeah, there. Yeah, big time.
1: But um, other than that, man, super good week. Yeah, I can't wait to do it again, man. Me too, dude. Anyways, you guys know what to do. Keep reading
0: comics. Cowabunga, nerds.